Welcome to another episode of Preferred Walk-On. I'm your host, Max Chadwick. We've got another very, very special guest on with us today. It is Jim Nagy, the executive director of the Reese's Senior Bowl, which is the premier showcase all-star game for the top college football players trying to make their way into the NFL. Jim, I, I really appreciate you coming on right now. Yeah, Max, thanks for having me on. Of course, of course. I see behind you right now, you got Josh Allen, Justin Herbert there, two Senior Bowl alums, two obviously of the best quarterbacks in the NFL right now. I, I wanted to ask you about them. I had it down on my notes. Is like, what was it like working with, you know, some of the top quarterbacks like Justin Herbert, like Josh Allen? And, you know, both of them coming out of college, not a lot of people believed in them at Wyoming and Oregon. And, and now they transformed their games into two elite quarterbacks. Did you kind of know that, hey, these guys are getting underrated right now in the uh, in the draft process? Well, when when Josh when Josh came out, that kind of predates me. I was still with the Seahawks. Um, my I, I remember watching Josh that week, and I had to come down and actually interview him at the hotel on Friday because our our West Coast guy with the Seahawks uh, didn't get with Josh that week. So I was covering for my guy, uh, which I was happy to do. Josh is a, a really cool, really cool guy to talk to. Uh, it's been awesome to see him kind of take off and do what he's done, and then. And then, yeah, Justin, um, it was really refreshing. I'll share one quick story on that one. Um, it was late in the process. It was like late December, getting ready to be Rose Bowl time. And uh, I got his dad's phone number from an agent and uh, reached out to his dad. And, and I said, you know, do you know much about the Senior Bowl? And he's like, no, what's that about? <laughs> and uh, I kind of told him, you know, we're this game, you know, college all-star game. Uh, you know, most of the top quarterbacks come down and I listed off a few. And, and uh, he was like, geez, Jim, that sounds neat. I'll never forget him saying that. I'm like, yeah, it's pretty neat, Mark. It's pretty, it's a pretty neat week. Um, so it was great getting Justin down here, man. Like, I, I don't know why. I, to me, he was the most misevaluated uh, quarterback mm -hmm. we've had in a long, long time. I, I don't think people took into account what Justin was maybe playing with uh, at Oregon his last year. I mean, he wasn't throwing to any NFL guys. And um, he, Penny Sewell is obviously a great player, but uh, you know, they weren't. They weren't great up front, at least as, as much as they were hyped out to be. They were hyped to be like the, the greatest offensive line in college football that year, and and uh, and that wasn't the case. So so no, and, and Justin, I think what he had to prove down here was just, you know, kind of not prove, but just show everyone what kind of person he was, what kind of leader he was, how he connected with people, um, and we put him in a lot of different situations during the week, whether it be like up in front of fifteen thousand people at a concert or when we had this players only party. Um, you know, he did some things there and uh, man, he just, he just aced it through the week. He's the biggest thing about him. And like any leader, like he's true to himself. Um, he's Justin's really comfortable in his own skin. And I think after over the course of the week, all the players kind of saw that. I love that. Yeah, I agree with you. He's kind of like fitting a, a square peg into a round hole in that Oregon system too, where he's throwing so many horizontal throws. It was like, dude, just let this guy air it out with the arm that he's got. But yeah, he's, he's absolutely fantastic. So, so Mark uh, Herbert, the, his dad, was he kind of like, all right, you know, we'll, we'll let him play in this game. You know, just like you you convinced me after that one conversation. Um, yeah, it's just, uh, you know, he's like, well, let's get through the Rose Bowl and, and, and figure this thing out. But uh, I'll, I'll say this too, like Mark reached out after the Senior Bowl, as did Justin, to thank me for the opportunity to come down here and, and show himself, which, I mean, I don't, I, I don't ever expect that, first of all. Um, and it doesn't happen all that often. So for a player of, of Justin's, you know, caliber to, uh, you know, be so grateful to, to have, you know, to just show appreciation for what the senior bowl did for him. It just, it just speaks to, to the family and, and how Justin was raised. I mean, I just, I'm a fan for, for life, man. I'm a huge, huge Justin Herbert guy now. 
I love that. So you mentioned before how, how you work with the Seahawks. I wanted to ask you about too, that too. Like, what was the difference, do you think, the biggest difference working as an NFL scout to now working for the Risa Senior Bowl? Uh, man, there's a lot of differences. This is a, this is a much different job. Um, I'll say this too, like, uh, yeah, I, I feel like when you work in the NFL, like that's really scouting because I think sc- I see scouting is like all encompassing. It's like the lifestyle. It's being on the road 200 nights a year. It's, you know, just being away from your family and the sacrifice, which is a lot of stuff that quite frankly, that's why I, I went after this job when it became available. Um, you know, this was a family decision for me. My son was getting ready to play high school sports and I didn't want to miss any of that. And so I feel like, you know, what, what the rest of us do, including myself, like we're evaluators, like we watch tape and write, everyone writes the reports and talks about them. But unless you're on the road, like living that grind and sacrificing and doing all that stuff, I think that's scouting. I think what, what everyone else does is evaluating. Yes, I was going to ask you about that, too. Like, there's so many kids and so many people, I think, that want to become NFL scouts. And I don't want to, like, dissuade them, obviously. But would you say it's maybe not as glamorous as the job maybe seems evaluating players every single day? No, it's it's certainly not, man. I mean, um, I mean, there's you got to love it. I mean, I just, yeah. you know, I remember, I remember being on planes and, you know, watching tape on planes. And inevitably, you'd be sitting next to someone and they would ask you, hey, wh- you know, what do you do? What are you doing? Are you a recruiter? Um, and you'd have to explain to them, you know, what, what an NFL scout does. And, and, uh, they're like, Oh, do you love that? And I was like, yeah, I love it. Because if, if you didn't love it, it's too hard. Um, it's too hard of a lifestyle. Not that there's not other hard jobs out there. There's certainly a ton and, and one's even harder than scouting. But, um, I, I think just the sacrifice piece, you know, and being away from home and what, and what that can do to a, a family. Um, it, it's really difficult. It's really challenging. And, uh, so, yeah, I never want to dissuade anyone either. We have our scout school here every year, and we bring in former NFL players for it. And I tell those guys, like, you know, you, you if you didn't love the film room when you played, <laughs> this this probably isn't this probably isn't for you either. So it's a great profession. I love it, um, but but it's it's certainly not easy. Absolutely. So, do you have any like favorite Senior Bowl scouting stories of maybe like? Guys that you were watching, you know, man, I, I know this guy's maybe going to go in the fourth, fifth round, but I think this guy's a lot better than that. And it ended up being a, a great player in the NFL. Do you have any guys that you look back on now? It's like, yeah, we we really nailed that one when we brought him in for the senior bowl. I mean, I don't know, man. This is such a collaborative process, too. Like, we include the NFL at the end of our evaluations and, um, you know, really try to have a formal process with, with the teams and try to bring the guys they want to see here. Because again, the rosters are are for them, not they're not for us. I'd probably say the biggest the, the biggest one, and maybe the only one where I've really went against the grain of what the NFL had was was Quinn Miners, mm-hmm. uh, the offensive lineman from Wisconsin Whitewater. And, and those, those those small school evaluations are always really tricky. Um, obviously, they need to dominate their level of competition. You got to put on the tape, and the guy has to stick out like a sore thumb which Quinn did. Um, but what made his evaluation a little, uh, even a little more difficult was they, they, they canceled the year that year because of COVID. Um, so now you've got a division three player who's going to sit out an entire year, be out of pads for about 14 months, 15 months, and then come to mobile and strap it on against, you know, sec big 10 players, um, early round draft picks. So, um, you know, the biggest thing for him and, and, and I, I give a lot of, a lot of credit to his agent that year, he was training in Dallas, 
with Rayshon Slater, who had opted out of Northwestern. Um, and over the course of the fall, um, they just he kept sending me videos of, of those two guys working out side by side. And really one of the things with Quinn, and we joked about it when he got here, was that he was pretty sloppy his last year <laughs> on Whitewater Tape. Uh, really kind of top heavy. And mm-hmm. yes, he, 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 he got famous, uh, you know, for the gut hanging out of his jersey here in Mobile. <laughs> Um, but I'm telling you, man, it was it was worse. Uh, it was worse the year before. So you you started to see his body tighten up and him getting more fit. Um, and then you just watch the drill work um, and you watch the initial quickness um, and the change of direction skills and the flexibility. I mean, all that stuff. It wasn't that far off from Rayshon. Rayshon that year was our highest graded offensive lineman. We had him one in Penesuel two. Um, so I was like, wow, man, this is pretty close. But then when we vetted him out with the teams, I mean, most everyone had priority free agent grades on him a couple teams had late round grades um but again that's what that's what i mean it takes a lot for a d3 player to get a draftable grade i want to say the only draftable grade i gave in in my 20 years in the league was pierre garcon uh, from mount yeah. union the receiver who ended up being a really good player but um you know what usually we don't dip down into you know six six seventh uh pfa level for our roster but that year i just like you know what this kid needs a chance and, and, the, and the teams need to see this guy you know, like the teams need to see this guy against better competition. So uh, obviously Quinn came down here and did a ridiculous job. Um, he snapped for the first time in his life in a competitive mm-hmm. environment down here in Mobile, which is a lot more difficult than than most people realize. And he goes, you know, long story short, he goes in the third round at Denver. And he's, he's a really good player for those guys. So um, that's probably the one that sticks out the most of where we, we kind of went against again, went against the uh, the league grades. I love that. And one of the coolest things I think about the senior bowl is that seemingly every year you guys bring in a small, small school guy, like an FCS guy, division two guy, maybe even division three guy. Do you kind of pride yourself on, you know, the senior bowl being that platform for the players that maybe NFL teams had no idea who they were before, like Quinn Miners, but now, you know, you bring them into this, this huge national spotlight and, you know, they can show what they got. Well, the league knows. I mean, that's how we get on those guys. And we, mm-hmm. we, we the, the, our, our buddies in the NFL are the ones that tell us about this guy. So there, we never surprise anyone. I mean, the NFL never gets surprised by anyone. Um, you know, so no, it's always been a great showcase, man. Way, you know, for forever. I mean, this has always been a great platform for small school guys going all the way to bit like Michael Strahan coming out of Texas Southern and Walter Payton coming out of Jackson state. Um, so we're going back decades now. So that, but, you know, that's kind of the scary thing with, with the portal now. It, and I hope it doesn't happen, but, you know, we even saw it last year, as early as last year. I mean, our, our small school numbers are getting cut into. And I think the key thing when you're when you're at the Senior Bowl is, is not just bringing, bringing a bunch of small school guys, it's bringing the right small school guys because, you know, what, what can happen if, you, if, if, you know, if, if they're not ready. Um, I think the biggest thing with small school guys is the confidence component of it. And if they're not, you know, it's, there's a lot of apprehension during the week for all of our players. So if they're not wired right, if they don't have the confidence to come down here and, and go toe to toe with with the guys from the Power Five programs, it can be it can be a tough week. Um, so it's just identifying the right ones. You know, the league wants to see certain guys against a, a, a better caliber of player, um, but you can't just load up with a bunch of small school guys. You, you still got to bring the best ones. Absolutely. And I know, obviously, you already have probably a list of, of 2024 guys that you're eyeing already. How do you guys even begin that process of identifying the players that, hey, these are the guys that we might want to bring down a mobile when it comes to the Senior Bowl? Yeah, it's uh, we started the process really probably around New Year's last year. Once we got our roster pretty much set, you know, we'll lose guys in January. Uh, like we lost Devin Witherspoon this year after Daniel Jeremiah put him as the number five pick in the draft. <laughs> Thanks, DJ. 
uh, for that one. But uh, so we lose guys, but it's mostly set. So we said, you know, at that point, then we start working a year ahead. And uh, really what we do, shout out to our lads. We just go on the our lads two deeps and we uh, and we start there. And if you're starting with if you're starting with a power five two deep, you're really not going to miss anyone. And then we work down, you know, group of five. And then and really for the small school players, a lot of that is we just scour like comp, all conference teams, all American lists things of that nature. And then word of mouth stuff from guys in the league that, that might hear stuff. Um, yeah. So that's, that's, that's kind of the process. What makes it hard right now is the portal is, uh, yeah. you know, we will be, we'll be watching guys in the spring and then, you know, something will happen during spring ball where they're, they don't feel like they're getting the reps or they're getting beat out by a freshman or whatever, an early enrollee guy. And then they're, they're off to a new school and we got to figure out where that guy ends up. So um, yeah, in a nutshell, that's kind of how we start the process. I love that. As someone who uses RLI, I think every single day to look at those depth charts, I can uh, I can attest to that and how valuable they are in, in evaluating college football players. But obviously, as a scout and as now the director of the Senior Bowl, you have to have like really good relationships with college football programs. Like, how are you able to to develop those relationships with those programs? That way, they can you know trust you and say, hey, these are the guys that we think you guys should be bringing into the Senior Bowl. Like, how do you have to develop those relationships? Let's just say for these uh, for those FBS Power Five programs like that. Yeah, I mean that that just goes back to to my time in in college football and scouting college players while I was in the NFL. I mean, I, it would be really hard to drop someone into like an all star role if they hadn't been on you know been on the road and, and connecting with college coaches. So, um, and again, the nice thing now is, and we're going back. I got into it in like you know two thousand two thousand one. Um, a lot of the young guys that I came in with are like head coaches now. You know, like I, I just I just saw Shane Beamer the other day. Um, over the SEC media days and, you know, Shane and I were kind of getting into the profession at the same time. So now a lot of those guys have elevated, um, you know, I met, I mean, like Matt rule. When I first met Matt rule, um, he was a GA at UCLA and I was a first year West coast scout for the Patriots. So um, yeah, those relationships just go back and then you have to work at them obviously. Um, and, uh, and we, and we do that as well. We're just, it's just staying in contact with these guys and, and uh, yeah, that's it. It's the name of the game. I love that. So, you know, going back a couple of years now at the Senior Bowl, you guys, it seemed to be in the 2022 quarterback class. It seemed to be a weaker quarterback class, but yet here we are, and, and a bunch of guys are going to get a shot to start this year. You guys had Kenny Pickett there, Desmond Ritter uh, as well. Like, how excited are you to see, you know, year two for Kenny Pickett as a starter, and then maybe Desmond Ritter, you know, and Sam Howell too is, is going to start probably in Washington this year. How excited are you to see those three guys, uh, you know, Senior Bowl alums like that? Yeah, it's year two is always fun. Um, you know, it's everyone talks about that jump from year one to year two. So, so we're excited to see all those guys. Um, and you know, Kenny did some really good things last year. Uh, I mean, you can throw Bailey Zappi in that mix. I mean, yep. Bailey when he got on the field last year, he came down and played in our our charity golf tournament last month. And uh, man, I was looking through his bio. Bailey did something ridiculous. Like he's the first quarterback of the draft era, or something ridiculous. Where he went two and zero in his first two career starts with a quarterback rating over one twenty five. So. Um, but really Des is the guy I'm excited to see this year. Uh, you know, talking to the guys in Atlanta, they're, they're fired up about what this could look like this year. Um, I was always a big believer in, in Des's ability and, and I think they did a really nice job this off season with like, obviously Bijan is a big one, but I think they added a lot of other nice pieces around Des. So, so we'll see. Um, but yeah, it's always fun, man. There should, there should be a big jump for all these guys. I love that. So 
you know, now going to the 2023 class, was there a player that went to the senior bowl that you felt was extremely underdrafted? Like you were really impressed by what he did in Mobile, really impressed by his college tape, and he went a lot lower than you would have picked him in the draft. Was there anyone you know, from that 2023 senior bowl class that you say, man, I, I would have pounded the table for that guy and wanted him to go a lot higher? Oh, I would probably say Kenny McIntosh from Georgia. Um, I mean, he's the guy for us. Um, he was our highest graded running back last year. And again, we, we, we're wrong too. So it's not like, it's not like we have all the answers, but uh, we're getting, you know, on day three of the draft. I mean, I, I shot a text to John Schneider in Seattle. Um, and I'm not, I'm not saying this is why they picked him. It's obviously not. They do all their own work and their scouting staff is ridiculous. But I was just like, what's the deal with Macintosh? I said, you know, like we had Char- Zach Charbonnet, who they took in the second round was our number two graded running back. And, and Kenny was our number one. And I, Kenny didn't have a great combine. You know, he ran low four mm-hmm. sixes. Some of the other testing stuff wasn't great. But to me, you just got to keep going back to the tape. And he looked explosive on tape. And he was, you know, really a guy that they, they detached a bunch they used in the pass game. Uh, dynamic runner. So, yeah, to get Kenny McIntosh in the seventh round was ridiculous. And then to see, uh, if, I don't know, if Max, if you saw that call that Kenny had with the Seattle yeah. media where he was like breaking down in tears and was, you know, I mean, now, now you're getting a Kenny McIntosh with a giant chip on his shoulder. Um, look out for Seattle running the football. You know that's what Coach Carroll wants to be. He wants to be a run first team. Uh, but now with, with Ken Walker and, and uh, Zach Charbonnet and Kenny McIntosh, holy cow, that's going to be uh, that's a fun backfield. Yeah, I also loved Kenny McIntosh's tape, you know, at Georgia. And then obviously, I, I thought he played great at Senior Bowl, too. And so, yeah, that was another guy that I, was, I could not believe was there uh, in the seventh round. You mentioned, you know, having these relationships with these players. Do you have any, like, funny behind-the-scenes stories of some of the guys that you're able to work with at the Senior Bowl? Uh, funny behind-the-scenes stuff. I mean, yeah, there, there's always a ton of fun, you know, during the week. I mean, that's that's the fun part in this job as opposed to being a scout. I mean, you're coming down here and you're just grabbing players and trying to interview them. Whereas in this role, you can see them more behind the scenes and just see the relationships kind of develop behind the scenes, which is really cool. I, I want to say, like, my second or third year, we had a couple linemen. Um, I'm a Michigan grad, so we had a mm-hmm. kid, Ben, ben Bredesen, in the game. And that same year, we had Jonah Jackson from Ohio State. And after the game, I come, I come back down to the, to the team hotel and uh, the guys are all getting a stack. And I see Jonah and he's wearing, I come up from behind and there's this t-shirt and it says, Brett, it's a Michigan, it's a Navy shirt. It's got Bredesen and, 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 uh, and Mays on the back of his shirt. And I tap him and I think it's Bredesen. He turns around, it's Jonah Jackson. I'm like, what are you doing with Ben's shirt on? <laughs> um, so like there's the rivalries out the window. Those two had bonded over the course of the week that they'd already traded shirts and stuff. But but yeah, man, it's it's so much fun. I mean, it's so much fun to connect with these players. Even just the other day on Twitter, um, I saw Michael Wilson, the receiver from Stanford, who I, I got close with during this draft cycle. His girlfriend scored two goals the other night for the U.S. women's soccer team. And I, I knew she played at Stanford. I did not know she was on the women's national team. So for her to go out and score two goals against uh, Vietnam, I think, in that first game, I texted him. I mean, that was really cool. Now, now I got to get locked into Women's World Cup here. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun, man. Those relationships make it all worthwhile. That's awesome. So obviously you mentioned before how the day-to-day grind of being a scout and work for the senior boys is maybe not as glamorous. You have like a nightmare travel story from your time as a scout and now working with the senior bull where, you know, maybe you just, you missed a flight or anything like that. You know, can you kind of go into that nightmarish travel that you have to go through as a scout day-to-day? Yeah, I mean, shoot, a week ago last Sunday, I got stranded in Atlanta Hartsfield Airport for a night trying to get to SEC Media Days. That was no fun. Um, I've flown through there 100, 
hundreds of times and uh, never been stranded in the in the airport. And that happened the other night. So that wasn't any fun. Got about 20 minutes of sleep. Um, you know, and then on the road, I mean, yeah, there's there's times where, you know, blowing tires out on the road. I, th- I think that in 18 years, that only happened a couple of times. But I remember I was, was in the middle of nowhere, Tennessee and blew a tire out on the highway. And um, it took took the guys like the road crew, like two hours to get to me. So, yeah, there's obviously stuff like that. And then and then hotel stuff, you know, be, you know, being at hotels and like Little League baseball teams staying at the hotel and running, running on your floor as you're trying to just the normal travel stuff that everyone goes through. But yeah, there's a lot of it for sure. I don't want to dissuade too many people from going to the business. Cause I feel like we're talking about all the horrible parts about being a scout <laughs> and working at the senior, Bowl. what do you think are the most rewarding parts though, of not only at your time as a scout, but now being the director of the senior bowl, uh, winning man, winning, <laughs> being a, being, being a part of a, a winning organization and, and really just the, you know, doing it together with a group, you know, I, I think, uh, I was really lucky in my time in the NFL going to going to a bunch of Super Bowls. And, and that's what happens when you get around quarterbacks like Tom Brady and Russell Wilson and coaches like Bill Belichick and Pete Carroll. I was really fortunate um, and just worked with a bunch of great guys, man. There's so many great guys I worked with over the years, um, so many great experiences. And that's to me, that's what we've tried to build here at the Senior Bowl as best we can. You know, we build out a scouting staff of a bunch of former NFL players because or former NFL scouts, because mm-hmm. if this were just me sitting in an office, picking and watching tape and picking rosters like that wouldn't be fun max like that would that wouldn't be rewarding like i'm i like a collaborative process like that's that people ask me do i miss working in the league and, and i would i'd miss it a lot more if we didn't have this thing built out the way we have it because you know we have zoom meetings we talk about players constantly and um modern games on saturdays um i still do miss being at schools every day and reconnecting with guys uh you know because you really become close with the whole fraternity it's not just the guys that you work with you. You obviously, you honestly become closer with guys that you're scouting with in a particular area than sometimes maybe that the guys you work with for the club that you're working for. So, um, but no, it's just just the winning man, being a part of a winner, help build a winner, even if even if it's the very small, if you're the the smallest part of it. Um, I, to to me, that's why you do it. I love that. So obviously, I, I said before, I know a lot of people who say, oh, I want to be a scout or I even I know some people say, oh, I, I really would love to work for like the senior bowl someday. Can you kind of go into like what a typical day of work would look like for them if they worked, say, at the senior bowl? Um, for the senior bowl, for us, I mean, we're doing all our tape at home. So our guys are all over the country. I mean, that's the key thing for us is just having coverage across the country. So we're not on planes. Right. We're not we don't have, we're not a billion dollar franchise. If we sold the senior bowl, we wouldn't be selling it for $6 billion like uh, the Washington commanders did last week. So we got, we got to be careful of that stuff. So, you know, we have to have guys all around the country and they, they have to be able to get to games pretty accessible, a couple hour drive, three or four hour drive at most. Um, so there'll be at games on Saturdays, you know, sometimes a couple games on the weekends and watch the tape all during the week. Um, and then file in reports. We have a scouting scouting system where they just file the reports right in and, um, they have boards that they can manage like their own personal boards and it gets fit into our master board. And then, and then I cross check all the guys that, uh, we have draftable grades on. So I, I, I obviously don't have the bandwidth to, to see every player. Um, so that's why it's important to have experienced, experienced scouts. Um, and then a big part of their job too. And that's why we really tap into former NFL guys is their relationship. So guys that have, you know, just been in it, or getting out. I mean, they've got the relationships of the schools. They got relationships um, with, with the scouting network in that part of the country. So that's how we get on, you know, some of the small school guys or like the late bloomers, the, the one-year wonders, if you will, you know, guys that really break out as seniors. 
um, that helps us when we're at games on Saturdays and we've got those relationships and we can have those conversations. You know, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you some questions real quick about the uh, the 2024 class coming up right now. And you look at that quarterback class in 2024. Yes, you got Caleb Williams and Drake May who are, you know, rising, you know, third year players. But after them, man, you got Bo Nix, Michael Penix Jr., Jordan Travis, Spencer Rather, a bunch of guys who've been in college for a long time and a bunch of guys who were eligible to play in the Senior Bowl. Are you guys kind of like licking your chops right now looking at that 2024 quarterback class with all of these older quarterbacks like Joe Milton, too? Uh, that you that you see and say, hey, maybe those could be some uh, guys who bring out a mobile. I don't know about licking our chops, man. It's a lot. I'm looking at the board right now. It's a lot of names. I'll tell you that. Like usually, <laughs> usually, realistically, there's ten to fifteen guys that have a chance every year. I think to to uh, to end up here in Mobile, and, and this year that number, shoot, I mean, it looks like it's about twenty to twenty five right now. Um, so it'll be, and there's a lot to, a lot to be proven. I mean, you got a lot of guys in different, different places, you know, Brennan Armstrong going from Virginia to NC state, Devin mm-hmm. Leary going from NC state to, to Kentucky, Sam Hartman from Wake to Notre Dame. I mean, there's, you know, Joe Milton having his first full year as a starter. Um, what does year two for Bo Nix look like? And, and Bo's the guy we invited last year. I mean, he, he and Hen and Hooker were the two guys for us that made the jump from day three to day two. Or the, I think at this time last year, we had Bo and, and Hennon in the fourth. And we, we ended up pushing both those guys into, into day two by the end of last year. So, yeah, a lot to be determined, man. It's going to be a fun class. It's going to be a fun, going to be a fun season trying to uh, figure those guys out. So two guys, unfortunately, that aren't eligible in that quarterback class, like I mentioned before, Caleb Williams and Drake May. I know a lot of people seem to be split on them right now. Some people prefer Caleb Williams. Some people prefer Drake May. Just from your watching of them, do you have any preference uh, between the two as of right now? Uh, if I was a GM, I'd take either one of them. <laughs> but but no, I, I I haven't studied either guy. I, okay. I throw like Riley Leonard and JJ yeah. and McCarthy. I mean, I probably see more of JJ than than anyone because if I am home on a weekend, it uh, will will obviously watch Michigan and Alabama. My my wife's a Bama grad, so um. But no, outside of watching the other guys on their offense and just seeing some of the throws, like to me, the biggest thing with Caleb Williams that I didn't that I maybe didn't appreciate is is the athlete and the running mm-hmm. ability, some of the runs that he makes. Watching, they've got a bunch of offensive linemen um, at USC. They got, they got, you know, three guys. I think we have draftable grades on right now. So, so yeah, just watching some of that stuff makes you appreciate. And they, and they do jump off tape. I mean, that's the thing. And, and I had a couple of different scouts last year call me from UNC when they were leaving Chapel Hill, leaving practice. Like, dude, this this kid at North Carolina is a real deal. So, um, yeah, I know those those guys are really good players, but I it's hard for me to speak to them because I just haven't studied them. No, it's completely fair. And you mentioned before how you're a Michigan grad. I, I'm a huge Penn State fan, like we talked about before. But I think Michigan, man, I think they're going to win the national championship this year. And I know Ooh. you're. you're yeah, <laughs> I don't knock on wood for you right now, but I know you. You know you don't really um, want to talk about too much about the college football side of it. But do you think, man, this is the year for Jim Harbaugh that he could potentially make a run at the at the Natty for the Wolverines this year? Well, there's certainly certainly a lot of pieces, Max. And uh, you know, I was up there a couple summers ago. Uh, played in Jim's golf tournament, and they just brought this new staff together, a lot of new faces. Um, it was coming off the COVID year. They were a little bit on the hot seat, you know, and since then I think they've lost like two or three games. It's been unbelievable. So, you know, as a Michigan alum, it's been it's been fun to watch. Um, they, they've really built that thing up. I mean, they've got seven offensive linemen who are going to be on our watch list, which is crazy for one class. It's one thing to have like seven in your program, but to have seven in one class is different. And then Obviously, Blake Corum is going to be one of our highest-graded running backs. I think he and Benson from Florida State are up there right now. Um, 
you know, and then Donovan Edwards is a junior. I mean, they've got at, at the skill positions, just looking up here, and they got Roman Wilson at wide receiver, Cornelius Johnson. So, and then they're loaded on defense. I'm just making my way to the defensive side of the ball. <laughs> I saw Chris Jenkins the other day. He's a stud. Um, so yeah, they should, they should make a run. I mean, obviously things have to happen and, and things have to fall in place. Um, but they they're, they're, they've got a lot of, a lot of good, they've got a lot of, a lot of good players and a lot of key, key pieces, key places. Absolutely. And you mentioned before the offensive line. I think that offensive line class in 2024 is honestly probably the strongest group out of any of them right now. And, you know, a couple of guys who were eligible for the senior bowl, Olaf Fashano, who's working on his master's degree uh, right now, Graham Barton at Duke, I think is awesome too. What are your thoughts preliminary on the, on the 2024 offensive line class so far? It's absolutely loaded. Um, and now that I'm making my way through the D tackles, there's going to be some really good one-on-ones this year. Yeah, <laughs> I can say, I can say that. I mean, there's, I'm, again, just cheating right now, looking over the iPad here, but um, there's probably 30 offensive linemen right now that I've done that I would feel more than would be really happy to have here in Mobile. Um, you know, maybe more than that. Maybe there's like close to 40. So, I mean, it's it's a really, really strong class. Again, another position that's going to be really hard to, to make some final final decisions on. And as, we're, as I'm working my way through DTs out to the edge, I mean, that group every day, there's guys that I'm actually moving up the board from where our scouts had them graded, um, you know, up into like the day two, day one, day two range. So it's mm-hmm. going to be that if, if you're an NFL fan and your your team, if you if you think your team needs help on the uh, O line D line, uh, this year's draft is going to it's going to solve that. And I'm happy you mentioned that too, because I feel like a lot of people when they talk about the 2024 draft, they always say, you know, it's a heavy offensive class. Obviously, the quarterbacks are great, offensive lines great. Got Brock Bowers at tight end, Marvin Harrison Jr. at receiver. The defensive side of the ball, they say, yeah, it's a little weaker. But I tend to think that it's not really that weak, man. I think there are great corners, there are great linebackers. The D line, like I said, is loaded too. What are your thoughts on the defensive side of the ball uh, in the 2024 class? You know, here in the summer. Uh, like I said, I can only personally comment on the D tackles because that's where I'm through <laughs> right now. But man, there's like there's at least double the names on uh, day one and day two than we had last year, um, and that's just that's just at you know one and three techniques and a couple guys that could play five. So um, really strong group. Again, it thins out a little bit right now for us. It thins out a little bit at linebacker. Mm-hmm. Um, the numbers at corner look good right now. The numbers at safety look good. Um, but to me, like off the ball linebackers was probably the weakest position last year. Um, at least for us, we, we had a tough time, you know, finding guys draftable and, uh, that based off what it looks like right now, that might be the case, but, uh, certainly the D tackle class, man, this is, uh, there's been a lot of good players. Absolutely. So a couple more questions. What are your favorite positions that you get to scout every year? Like, is there a specific position that you look at and say, man, I, I can't wait to watch some of the top guys, uh, from that class. Yeah, it's a cop out, but quarterback for sure. Um, that's what I played when I when I played, not real successfully, but uh, <laughs> I still like. I used to go to a bunch of camps, and I still I still love that position. Um, I cross checked wideouts for a long time in New England. We used to do position cross checks after we got done with our areas. I like doing the wideouts, and then uh, man, I've really since I've been here at the Senior Bowl, um, I've really I've really enjoyed getting into offensive linemen more. Um, really like those guys too, you know, like the, that, that's one, if you're, if your offensive line room is messed up, like that's on you. There's too many good guys in that position group. You know, I, I always, I can't believe it on draft day every year when, when some of these teams take these offensive linemen that have, you know, football character issues or personal character issues. Like there's way too many good dudes out there playing offensive line that are talented enough to help your football team. So, um, 
but I, I really enjoy all of them. I mean, I it's to me that's why I like working across the board and going position by position because when I get kind of get kind of tired of doing one group, then we just move we move on. I love that. So last question I want to ask you, obviously we talked a lot about, you know, the people that want to get into the scouting business, want to get into working for the senior bowl. What advice would you give those people that, that want to become a scout or want to work for you at the senior bowl? Yeah, just uh, learn as much football as you can. It doesn't really matter about what level um, get started anywhere. That Even if that's like volunteering at a high school um, and being a position coach at the high school level and, there's so many good high school coaches out there that that you can learn from. I mean, man, there's just here in the Mobile area, you know, we're really, we're really connected to what we do here in the high school community. And uh, there is a ton of guys coaching high school football down here that would, if they wanted to, would be really good college coaches. Um, so, yeah, just get connected and learn. And don't be afraid to don't be afraid to put yourself out there. I mean, everyone's looking for help, um, you know, even at the college level. I mean, we had a guy share a quick story. We had someone come to the office. I want to say like my second year down here and wanted, you know, wanted to help out. And and I just told the man, you, why don't you go to South Alabama and uh, mm-hmm. go over there and see if they need any help. Just volunteer, man. And uh, here we are like four years later and he's the assistant DPP and for an SEC school right now. Um, and he went out there and like, you know, didn't play college ball. I think he made a play to made a little, a little bit of high school ball. Um, and he went out to South Alabama and, and uh, volunteered out there. And yeah, now he's the assistant DPP in the SEC. So um, it happened pretty quick for him. But, you know, I mean, again, just be around football. People learn learn as best you can. And then just like any walk of life, man, it's, it's relationships and it's network and, and who you get to know. So, um, I mean, it's kind of simple advice, but that's the best advice I'd have. Oh, Jim, this is an awesome interview, man. I haven't been to the Senior Bowl yet, but I really want to get down to Mobile this year, so hopefully we can meet in person. But, man, I really appreciate you taking the time out. Max, we got to get you down, man. We got we got to get you here this year. But uh, thanks for having me on, and congrats on the new gig at PFF. That's, Thank that's you, big- man. I appreciate it.